We'll start with the set-aside prayer. God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps, recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others, especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help me to carry your message tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Oh. Nate, <laughs> stop it. We're recording this. We're recording this, and you guys are acting like... Uh, we're in a kindergarten here, uh, daycare, we're here. Anyway, we're going to start the, uh, we're finishing chapter five in the steps we took. And we had covered up the chapter five in the big book. And then on Saturday, we're going to do steps six and seven, the two paragraphs in the big book. And I'm going to read from some of Drop the Rock. And then in uh, the steps we took, we're going to cover that. Change is the name of the game. That chapter is fantastic. I, I didn't really understand set the power of six and seven until I uh, read that a long time ago. And in step five, they're getting us ready. This is a book written by Joe McHugh, but it's actually a series of conversations the two people had with him over a period of time after he was sober 30-some years. And, he was the original Joe of the Joe and Charlie tapes, and just a wonderful man. It started a Serenity House in Little Rock, Arkansas, a treatment center there. And, um, he, we're looking at step five for the exact nature of our wrongs, and um, we need to be able to see the truth. And the reason for that is I can't do six and seven until I understand how my self-centered character contributed to my wrong thinking and wrong actions. So that today, if something uh, disturbs me, I know immediately I'm back itself. I'm on the left hand of the spiritual checklist and I'm practicing self-centered character. And then I have to stop and ask God to change my character, remove the things that are blocking me. I can't do it, I have to stop, but I know when I'm doing it now because of the I've been doing it so long, the fourth step, fifth step gives us that information. And the better I practice six and seven, the better my life is. And so we're on page 79. And um, after you've done this inventory, he's, um, he says, what will you do? And he says, uh, if you look at the first column at the name we resent and then the in the book, it has review of resentments. And it's column one is, um, I'm resentful at, and the instructions are very complicated. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We list people, institutions, or principles with whom we're angry. And column one, from top to bottom. And then column two is we asked ourselves, why were we angry? What was the cause? Or what did we think they did? Or maybe they didn't even do it. And on and column three is my grudge list. We said opposite each names. Was it my self-esteem? Was it my security ambitions or personal or sex relations which had been interfered with? And basically which self, uh, uh, there are three instincts of life, security, social, and sex, and then our ambitions in all those areas. And, um, and then column four, and he writes in this thing, it's this is our business. 
what's the exact nature of my wrongs, faults, mistakes, defects, or shortcomings. And we're going to get into that now. And then um, there's nothing you can do about the names. In fact, after a while, when you're doing resentments with people, you don't even need to look at the names. They're not important. Um, and we cannot improve because it happened in the past and uh, cannot be changed. Because remember, these are things that have happened, could have happened this morning. Then you look at the second column, and these are the things that, that we think they did, and there's nothing I can really change about what I think I did, they did. But when I do the inventory with someone, uh, we can maybe see if this, was, if this is really true. And, um, and we do that when we look at the first three columns and consider it carefully, and then we look, we say, how can we be free of anger? And this was their course. They saw that these people were perhaps spiritually ill, just like me, and that um, I have to ask God to give me love, patience, and tolerance for them, as I would a sick friend, because they're sick. And how can I be helpful to these people? And God save me from being angry, and I don't retaliate or argue because I can't be helpful, but I want God to give me a kind, tolerant view of them. I did that from memory, that was pretty good. Uh, and it, the thing is, I live on that. And so, and then you need to say the prayers and have forgiven them. And so, um, then he says, there may be some things in the third column that we didn't notice, notice were affected, and you might be able to help them with that. Um, I saw all of them was my self-esteem and my pride and then my security instinct and my social instinct and I had fear that they wouldn't be fulfilled the way I wanted. Um, my ambitions wouldn't be fulfilled. Notice my ambitions, my instincts. And so you might help them with that and I think uh, when you go through it, the first three columns, you can already start to forgive and then you say the prayers and you should have changed your attitude towards these people. If you haven't, you need to go back and do it before you even, even uh, look at the fourth column. Because you want to look at the fourth column really with someone after you've forgiven the person. Now you can do all the work beforehand, but they have it all laid out, but then after you've forgiven them, then, then you look at your mistakes and you can see your mistakes. And their mistakes don't really matter anymore. So it says, um, the fourth column, that's the things that uh, are character defects. And we want that information to be correct to do steps six and seven. We want to be correct about the exact nature of the wrong. Now the wrongs, the resentment is wrong, judgment, fear is wrong belief, and then I harm people through wrong actions. And I wrote the exact nature is the nature of my character. The nature of my character in self. That's my wrong. It's not the nature of God. So when I'm practicing, and I saw that today, when I'm practicing my nature of self, my character in self, then I see things wrong. He says the wrongs aren't really the resentments, fears, or harms. It's the exact nature of the wrongs. And then the, they ask in the book, were you frightened, self-seeking, selfish, and considered dishonest? And what was behind it? And where it originated? And I always put inconsiderate. 
I'm always in consider of people that they are who they are. And then I have judgment. Anybody else do that? Impatience and intolerance. And I think that comes from fear. And it comes from selfish self-seeking. And I can be dishonest in my motives, not just in my actions, but in my motives. I'm not honest with myself about my motives. These are the things that we want to be sure about. All humans have defects, and they're not things we're ever going to be rid of. Everybody agree with that? But we've got to have specific knowledge of the degree of problems that we have in each of these areas. And on some days, uh, I have different problems with different character defects. Nope, but they're always triggered by me being in self, separated from God in me when I look out. So I have, when I have the wrong pair of glasses on, then my character defects come out. When I have God's glasses on, I practice God's uh, character. I need to look down at the comms and see that the problems are mine. It's my character, my character defects, not theirs that are the problem. And I have to forgive them, and I have to have forgiveness for them to be able to see the true nature of my, my, my character, my problems. Because the resentments aren't there, it's not their fault, it's the way I react to them. And it says you could have a lot of fear, a lot of dishonesty. Fear triggers a lot of my character defects because then I, I, I don't even understand that I have it at work. I would have fear, uh, you know, I was going to get the work done. This one was going to come in and be sick, and what was I going to do with them? And, and I spent a lot of time in the future and the past, and I had to stop all the time and just focus on the now. What am I doing right now? What's the next thing to do? And I got a lot better as I worked the more I did the steps. And I don't know if people could see it in me. Uh, they would tell me, Doctor, you're doing so well. And I'm like, I guess I was the best. <laughs> but we all are, right? And we can see it. I'm not. And uh, so we're going to go through each inventory and work all the way across to the fourth column and exam examine the exact nature of my wrongs. You can call them faults, shortcomings. I like that because when I'm practicing, a shortcoming, I'm practicing what's short of God. See, I want to practice God's character, and when I have a shortcoming, I'm practicing my character. And my character is not the one God created. I didn't realize that when I came in here. It's the one I create when I'm in Michael's world. So I've learned all that. So now when I'm disturbed and back in Michael's world, I have to say, well, you're in the wrong world, Michael. Get back to God. You know, and practice his character. And it doesn't take a lot after you're doing it a long time that I don't want to practice my self-centered character. I don't want, it doesn't do me, it's not, not, not something that I want to do anymore. So I try to stop very quickly and practice God's character. But Joe and Charlie make the point, we'll do it when we study six and seven. I was good at practicing my character. I mean, that's all I knew. And it takes a while. And that's why you don't change right away in recovery. And that's why it's important to do the steps quickly so you can start doing six and seven, understand what you need to change. And we have to start getting good at practicing God's character. 
and the other thing I read in Drop the Rock that I thought was brilliant, it was really very deep. The guy says he realized that if he continue, I was not being serious, he says if I'm going to continue to practice my character defects, God's not going to remove them. It's just very simple. I, you know, wow. And uh, that's like when I realized I had to quit playing God. And you know why? Because <laughs> I'm not God. It took me a little while, but that's okay. I'm making progress. My wife told me today I'm making some progress. Uh, um, so we're going to look, and he says, I need to see the problem starts within me. Everybody agree with that? Mm -hmm. It's not them anymore. Because remember, I don't have to get disturbed now. I mean, there are things that happen that are disturbing, but I can get through. Uh, give me, God grant me the serenity to see what I need to accept to change and have the wisdom. And so I go to God and he gives me the peace to be able to react positively even in a negative situation. Even though it's a bad situation, how do I, how do I act in that situation? And the things in the fourth column we're going to work on. And he says, we can't do much about self except make a decision to turn the instincts that make up self over to God. And so the only thing we can do is work on, do is work on what's in column four. And I can't really work on it. When I, when I, I thought about this, I have to work on giving it up. I have to work on pausing. I have to work on pausing and giving up my character at that moment to God. And uh, I know what I need to do now. Now, I don't always do it, but I do it most of the time. I don't get too, too worked up about anything except, you know, Mark's going to be on call Sunday night when the Chiefs lose. And he's going to help me out, right, buddy? Good. Um, I do well except in, you know, when they're playing badly, then my character defects. And, because, you know, uh, people are going to turn the podcast off. But, you see, I realize the problem with, uh, is, you know, I love the game and I love the team, blah, blah, blah. But really, it's my self-esteem. That if they lose, I'm a loser. Well, that's so ridiculous. They don't care. They don't even know who I am. And so I've stopped carrying, you know, getting upset like that. It's not, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, when you're early in recovery, everything's about your low self-esteem. And so, um, it says, um, it's a lot of the things that people did was because of what we did in the first place. They're retaliating to us. And, it, and, and you see, people may treat me badly, but that's because I'm treating them badly. And if I wasn't treating them badly, they wouldn't be treating me that way. And so that, that comment that the, uh, this guy, speaker Hector said, well, I have to bring love in every situation. If I'm practicing God's character, I'm going to get along better with people. I won't be in conflict with everything and everyone. And so I have to stop practicing my character defects. And if I practice God's character, I won't have fear and resentment. It's not possible. I can't be in fear and resentment if I'm with God, because if I'm with God, he, I don't have fear and resentment. And, I, and if I'm with God, I don't think he's going to allow me or want me to do harmful actions. 
And so my whole character will change. And remember, uh, recovery is a uh, recovery from alcoholism involves a change in our personality, a change in our psychic nature. And Dr. Silkworth understood that. And uh, he says somebody will do something that we don't like, but if we're spiritually well, it won't make any difference. We'll react if we have people that used to scare me. After a while, saying the prayers and doing this, I wasn't afraid of them anymore. I just wasn't scared of them. And, and uh, they were scary people. There were some scary people that I worked with. And, but I wasn't afraid of them anymore. I, I could see them differently, and I would say the prayers and uh, practice love. A resentment, fear, or harm may appear to be another person's problem, but it's really our problem. So true. I think realizing this is freedom. If you want to be free in your life and you want to be happy, then the problems have to be your problems. It says in the big book, our troubles are of our own makings. They arise out of ourselves and we're an extreme example of self-will run riot. Well, my problems were my own making. I got myself here. And the good news, and Joe and Charlie said that the first time I heard it, it that's a great promise because if the problems are my own making, I can change my personality. But if it's them, I can't change them. Uh, it says a resentment, fear, or harm may appear to be another person's problems, but it's really my problem. And, they, and as soon as you say they did it, then you're giving up your freedom. You're turning life back over to the world again and enslaving yourself. And when I make decisions in self, it triggers all my character defects. When I say I've got a problem, he says, I sure hope it's mine. If it's mine, I have a chance to do something about it. If it's somebody else's problems, I can't do anything about it. And that's what they mean about the spiritual axiom that if I'm disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with me. And I've had people send me comments about examples of things and how can you not be disturbed about it. He's not talking about that. He's talking about self-centered disturbances caused by being in self and self and seeing things and reacting in a non-spiritual manner. And, and when you work the steps, you can see a lot of things that you, that are, you can consider um, inexcusable, but you can forgive. You don't have to excuse people or things that happen, but you can practice forgiveness. And the reason I want to practice forgiveness is forgiveness is for me. It has to do with my relationship with God. If I haven't forgiven the other person, then I'm blocked from God, and I'm in self. I don't want to do that. And he says, we're born free, free from what anyone else does. And we give that up ourselves or by buying into things, by giving other people and fearing this and worrying about that. But I believe that we are all born self-centered. And that's our nature. And I, that's what scripture says. And then we have to, we have, we, now have, we have a power, the power of the spirit to fight the self-centeredness of the flesh. And when we're in self, then we seek, we seek some uh, treatment for that, food, sex, alcohol, drugs, compulsive behaviors, you see? Because our emotions build up and we don't like our emotions. So we learned alcohol would treat that, right? Change the way I feel, change my perception. Um, 
we have done the job of tangling things up all by ourselves. See, I created the self-centered world that I lived in. And, and I had a delusion, it says on page 61, that I could have satisfaction and happiness in life if I just managed well. So that's why I tried to manage well so I could have happiness and satisfaction. I didn't realize I was, it was a delusion and I didn't realize it was wrong because who else did I have to do it? I didn't have a relationship with God. And now I realize that if I let God manage my life well, then I can be happy and have peace. Doesn't mean I'll get what I want, it means I'll be at peace. And so uh, he says, freedom takes work, freedom takes responsibility. The actions of the steps are to free me from the bondage of what? Self. self. I'm enslaved to my resentments and my fears and myself and myself, what I think I need and all that crap. Um, he says, we, it's easy to transfer blame to someone else and keep on going. He says, what you really do is you, if you start blaming people or things, what you're doing is you're putting dirt under the carpet. And after a while, it can't stay there anymore. And, and um, that's why it's important in step 10 that you deal with things each day, right at the moment. And if not, you inventory at night and you try to start the next day and be free. And then you figure out what amends you need to make during the day right away or else the next day. And guilt and remorse he's talking about, if we make amends when the things for which we were guilty really happened, we wouldn't have carried the guilt and remorse for 20 years. I can also say if I had been practicing the steps at six and seven, I wouldn't have had to make the amends. I wouldn't have made those self-centered decisions and harm people. Has anybody looked back at your life and see decisions you made and harm people and, wow, it was very selfish. I couldn't see it at the time. It made sense. It must have made sense, but I could see how it was selfish. I don't want to do that anymore. That's why I'm going to that. Uh, <coughs> he says one of the keys to be emotionally secure in every way is to be a slave. A slave is taken care of, his master feeds him, gives him a uh, place to stay, tells him when to eat, what to eat, when we get up, when we go to bed. Of course, the slave has no freedom whatsoever. To be free, he would have to take care of himself to do some things. He says he thinks it's the same way in our emotional lives. When we don't do the daily things we need to do to live and be free, when we're not living in, in step 10 and practicing one through nine all day, and if we don't f face things and deal with them and we don't admit our faults, we sweep them on the rug, and we give up our freedom. We're in bondage to whatever crap we've accumulated during the day. And, and then the bondage is manifested by all kinds of problems, alcoholism, drug dependency, codependency, and so on. If we've gotten through in this state through many years of living, it's very difficult to do step five. You, you can't do four and five without someone and writing it down. You can't see the truth of it. And then when you've done it a while now, you can look at the process of going back and cleaning up things that you swept under the rug. It's painful. You can bring out some of those old resentments, all the wrongs you've done to others, actions you took. And he talks about a car. 
and somebody says they, they heard a noise when you were driving your car, and you say, it ain't nothing, it's just the street, you're sweeping it under. Later, someone tells you, I believe I hear a noise, you say, oh, it's nothing. And if you keep on, pretty soon parts of the car will be falling off. You see, it's painful to stop and admit something's wrong. You know, I have people that I know, they never seem to get upset. How you doing? Fine. You, any disturbance? No? None? Hmm. No, I think for an alcoholic to go through the day undisturbed, I think uh, that, that's pretty good. That's like a perfect passer rating. You know, um, uh, it's painful to stop and admit something's wrong, and you have a fear of what it's going to cost you. Uh, maybe, he says, maybe if I fixed the car the first day, it wouldn't have cost so much. Maybe if I got rid of the resentment that day, and then I didn't carry it around, and that leads to other resentments, and then wrong actions and wrong decisions. So he says, in life, it's pay me now or pay me later. Do it now and pay more, or you pay much more. And I think that's so true. When we came in, look at what we paid. I don't know about you, but I paid a lot to get here. And now I, I don't want to pay anymore. I don't. And you, know, you want to have confidence in the person who's doing step five. Um, and uh, he, he talks about uh, someone came up to me and related a situation in great detail. And it was obvious to me as soon as I heard it what the problem was. And I said, this is your problem right here. The person looked at me and said, how do you know that? I said, well, you told me. And a lot of times I could see the people's problems right away. Uh, but I could not see my own problems right away sometimes. I have to talk to someone else about it. That's why we need, we need each other, and we need to share, and we need to talk about things. Um, and he says, the reason I could see it so plainly, I wasn't involved in it. You were. And he, has, he says, we don't see too well. He talks about TV shows at that time, and you could, there are limits to what you can see. He says, we seek truth. Step five is a rewarding step. We do not know results of the step until after it's taken. And we read the step five promises and um, how it's the beginning of a spiritual experience in a relationship with God. And this is just step three and the effort and honesty of step four. Combined with uh, step five, you begin to get your personality changed. Because I can see the personality my personality led to all these resentments and fears and wrong actions and harmful things. And so I can see that I don't want to practice that character anymore. I don't want to live that way anymore. Dick and I were talking about that before the meeting, right? As our quality of life gets better and better, some of the things we used to live with will become objectionable and we'll want to get rid of it. And that's what we do at six and seven. As we continue to grow, we say, well, I used to be like that, live with that, but I can't anymore. And the thing is, uh, God can do for me what I cannot do for myself. And it's God that helps me stop and say, well, you don't need to be angry. You don't need to be upset. You don't need to be judging right now. You don't need to be impatient or tired. Michael, come back to me. God disciplines us. I believe I'm disciplined through the Holy Spirit, in my case, not to practice those things. I wrote step four is not passing a class. You don't get a grade. They're not gonna post it on CNN. It's about seeing the truth, four and five, with another person and with God. And I wanna change my personality 
in six and seven the rest of my life, and I can't do it until I've done one, two, five. You can't, you can't see your defects. You can't see the harms. You can't see the exact nature of your harms and wrongs until you do this. So I believe very strongly in it. But I think it takes effort, and I just follow the big book and go through the directions. In it. And now we're going to take, uh, we'll read six and seven in the big book uh, next meeting. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit of Drop the Rock, if that's OK. Good. <laughs>